Welcome to episode 21 of the PFS Power Podcast. We're your host, Robin Scott, and as always, we're here to shine a light on the people that are doing amazing things for the profession. Today, we are joined by Amir Rosha Lima, who is a partner and chartered financial planner over at Holland, Hahn & Wills. Really excited to be discussing his journey into the world of financial planning, what drives him to do the great work that he delivers for his clients. Amir, welcome on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, Rob and Scott. Thanks for having me, guys. Really like what you're doing here with the podcast and the whole PFS power movement. So uh, absolute pleasure to be a small part of it. Perfect. Really appreciate that. We've, um, Amir, we've actually been to a couple of your presentations as well. Oh, wow. um, I actually, I'm sorry. I, was, I actually remember I, I first saw you um, present at Back to Why in 2018. Was it 2018? Yeah. Um, and I loved what you were talking about about the dignity of how we help clients can maintain their dignity, etc. So um, it's something that we've, I know Rob and I have have used moving forward as well. But it'd be really interesting. That's where I first got introduced to you or met you. But it'd be really good to sort of understand your background and how you got into financial planning. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Scott. It means a lot to me. Um, and it, it really does mean a lot to me when, when anybody um, who was at that uh, 2018 uh, Back to Why sort of mentions that they, they saw the presentation, they liked it, it meant something to them. Because for me, it was it was hard, hard for two reasons, really. One, because I'm on Paul Armstrong's stage, and that's just hard. There's a lot of pressure there. You know, Paul has for decades been doing some really good work in helping financial advisors in the UK understand the power of putting financial planning before products. So to be given the opportunity to a certain extent to represent new young financial planners was a massive responsibility. So that was sort of tough to just bear that and try to deliver on with that on that brief. Um, but it was also tough because I'd never sort of spoken about how my own family, my own family's journey came to affect my professional journey and how that link sort of happened right um and it, it's just i guess just the, the way i was brought up or whatever you just don't you know you're not, you're not taught to think about sort of your own emotional side of things and put that in line with your professional career and why certain things that you do in your profession for your clients mean so much to you so that was a chance for that whole thing to amalgamate and it came out in a way that thankfully i think touched people the right way but to your point scott um so like I think the three of us here on the call, I fell into uh, the financial services sector even way before financial planning. I didn't even know financial planning existed uh, when I fell into the sector. So I started working at AXA through this sort of graduate trainee type program. Um, I happened to land on the side of AXA that was the wealth management side. You know, AXA is this international insurance company and everything else. And then, yeah, started dealing with uh, servicing financial advisor accounts as a telephone based broker consultant support and then a telephone based broker consultant and then a field based broker consultant and then just kept sort of going from there where i found financial planning just to summarize that that journey that's been you know over a decade now in the in the financial services sector as a whole is at one point uh, in another company called metlife where i was a, a a regional business development manager i had the the chance of working closely uh, 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 sort of for, 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 for a couple of days only, but uh, it happened sort of over a, a period of two years. This vice president of the company called Joe Jordan, he was over here from the States, a very sort of powerful message about how, again, his own family life um, made him believe so much in the power of insurance. He, he was directly affected by his father not having insurance. And his sisters were directly affected by that too. He saw his mother having to go back to work in a way that perhaps wasn't exactly the, 
the way she would have wanted to in a period where his father was no longer around. But the way he positions that is to empower the financial advisor to feel good about talking about this fundamental building block of financial planning, which is insurance. Right. And I wasn't working in insurance. I was working in wealth management. But in my head, it just clicked. It just completely clicked. I translated that to, geez, that's what we do in retirement planning. In other words, if somebody insures themselves properly and either and, and actually just ends up wasting those premiums, which is what we all want to do, just the same effect of throwing away those premiums, they get to a point where they're going to do something else with their life. Well, if they haven't in line, in conjunction with the insurance planning, haven't prepared themselves for the date in which they can afford to do something else, then they'll never be able to afford to do something else. And it that, that can just rock my world when I had that sort of vision in my mind. And then I went, oh, gosh, and that's thankfully in a good way what happened with my family, not necessarily with my immediate mum and dad or my immediate aunties and uncles, but definitely with the patriarch of my family, uh, my grandfather, who when he passed away through some horrible circumstances, um, uh, you know, a de de degenerative disease that just wasn't pleasant at all. Um, this bull of a man that I always looked up to as sort of the, the sort of the, the massive male figure in my whole family's life, let alone my life, even though this disease was robbing him of his ability to walk and to talk and to move properly and everything, it didn't rob him of his dignity and his independence in retirement. It didn't rob him of the ability of maintaining financial stability in the household and even helping some family members who just at the time, unfortunately, found themselves in a time of need. And that's just massive. And now that's how I approach retirement planning. The, the vibe I bring into my conversations with clients isn't necessarily going through that story every time, but I know how important this is for them to get right because the world throws us, life throws us some punches. And having that financial stability in place, insurance-wise when we're accumulating, and then having that retirement plan properly in place to get to financial independence is huge. And, and where are the guys and girls that get to do that? That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that. That's such a great insight. And I think, you know, coming from that, I, you know, you, you've seen it firsthand with family. You can you can talk very openly about it uh, in a way that people can, you know, you're very good at articulating it. People can understand that they, they can sort of uh, take that on board. I mean, tell us a bit more, Ben, about your role at, at HHW and, and, and how you, you know, are in this amazing position where you can shape the lives of your clients, right? Tell us a bit more about your role and what you get up to day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, from uh, the world of product provider land as, as such and, and having financial advisors as my clients, um, I moved on to more of a financial advisory role. In fact, it was one of my clients who hired me as a financial advisor. Uh, I happened to become a financial advisor as such on the first day of RDR. So I don't know what it is like to be a financial advisor with commission or anything like that. Right. Um, but certainly I sold products to advisors when those structures were still around. But anyway, um, I did that role for a while, but I still thought that there was something more, that there was definitely something more to just ethically and in, in a structured way selling products, suitable products to clients. I thought there was a step that I was missing there somewhere to create that clarity in the client's mind that a product loan couldn't create. And that's when slowly I came across this concept of financial planning then I discovered it's not a concept. There's a whole profession called financial planning. It's pretty mature in other parts of the world. It's maturing in the UK. And then that led to, uh, me to pursue further qualifications through the uh, Personal Finance Society, all the way to becoming a fellow of the Personal Finance Society, and, and then eventually to looking elsewhere as well with the likes of the Kinder Institute, the likes of the CFP qualification, you know, that sort of lifelong mentality, a lifelong learner mentality, I think that we should all embrace. 
so so that's the 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 building blocks right the academic bits the tools how did i find the tools and then sharpen them it was through those that that academic framework and then uh, when i completed that journey at least to the extent of which i had those tools in place and they were sharp enough for me to want to operate with them on a day-to-day -day basis with clients I noticed that I was sort of doing that inside a firm that still really believed mainly in keeping it simple, finding suitable products for clients and you know helping them sort of accumulate more wealth or whatever it is with those suitable products. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. But for me, it just wasn't as fulfilling as I thought this concept of financial planning first is and would be both to me and to the client. So I mentioned this to a few people who I looked up and still look up to in the in the profession. Um, and of course, what you do when you start mentioning things like that to people is that you, you sort of knock down dominoes, right? There's this butterfly effect that something might happen and something else might, somebody else might talk to somebody else and things click. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, a, a, a guy who all of us know very well and respect in the financial services sector as a whole and the financial planning profession in particular, Brett Davidson was one of those guys that I mentioned this to. And coincidentally, this firm called Holland Hahn and Wills was mentioning to them, uh, to him as well, that they were looking to start their succession planning. And they were looking to bring someone who got the concept of financial planning first, who really and embraced it and got the concept of evidence based investing and embraced it to come in and start. Basically, the idea initially was to start just servicing the existing clients. So it all that's how it all happened. And that's why I'm at Holland Hunt and Wills. The only thing that I guess we got wrong in that conversation was that it wasn't actually didn't turn out to be about looking after existing clients. So my colleagues, Simon and Jason, still very much look after the firm's existing clients as they built them over the years. And I've been dealing with all of the new clients that we've been able to generate in the business since through different local marketing initiatives, uh, uh, community work that we do, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where we are today. That's how we get to empower our clients to go out there and live the best life possible with the resources that they have. And we're really proud of it. Oh, awesome. And so just on that point, um, is the HHW, they were already adopting this approach as you joined anyway. So there wasn't sort of this transition period. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. They embraced, um, especially the two financial planning partners, they had embraced this concept of lifelong learning for many years before. All of us are very proud to be chartered financial planners. Our firm is very proud to be a chartered firm. Um, we're very proud to have also sought out other qualifications that have given us other tools to be able to work with clients. Um, and yeah, so very much, Scott, when I joined them, there was no convincing from their part or mine, nor yeah. from me to them. It was about, okay, now it's almost as if it's day one again. You know, these guys have gone through commission, they've gone through product sales, they're now at a place where it's financial planning first. And they found a person to take that forward, even from the firm's financial succession planning point of view. So it was just as if we started again from day one, from that point onwards. And these are these are their words. You know, my colleague yeah. Simon and Jason will be the first to say, we feel like we're going again. And that's great. And that's exactly what we want. And we want our clients to feel that. We want them to yeah. feel, geez, this thing now is going to be here and it's going to be around longer than any of its component parts. Or well, that's the, the aim and, and the goal for sure anyway. Can I touch on something else you said earlier, just around, obviously, we, we talk about the way we deliver advice, but then also the the qualification side of things. I know that you're a big advocate of the CFP. 
and that I know that a lot of people I think are probably going to start to go down that route for maybe the people that don't know what that is are you all right just to share a bit of what yeah. that is and why you did it absolutely yeah so this is my understanding of my experience and my understanding of my own journey okay so if, if it feels a bit biased I just take it with a pinch of salt I started out my financial planning or my financial professional qualification journey through the PFS route through the personal finance societies that certificate in financial planning at the time. You did three exams and you got that. And as soon as I got that, they came out with this diploma in financial planning, the RO exams. So then I went through those building blocks as well. And as soon as I got to the end of that, the diploma in financial planning, I thought, what next? Well, you can do more advanced qualifications to get to chartered. And then beyond that, you can get to fellow. And that's exactly the route I did. I did that alongside uh, the tail end or during the process in which I was still selling, selling products to financial advisors. And then whilst I was also just a financial advisor selling products to clients, but it was all about the building blocks of technicality, the building blocks of what does it mean for this product to exist in a client's life, given the legislative framework or given uh, how investments work or whatever it is. And I really valued that and I still do because I don't know any other way that I would have known about those building blocks and got to know about applying those building blocks to a certain extent without having them delivered to me and, and without having them challenge me in that modular way that the CII or the PFS exams do until this day. So I really valued that. When I got to the end of that journey, though, I felt that I, I couldn't yet and I didn't yet have um, the context in which to put all of those tools together in a tool bag and then go out there and deliver to the niche that I like working with, which is retirement planning. That's the bit that was missing a little bit for me. And I found that in spades by combining the Kinder Institute's life planning framework of learning, which is very much the soft side, the personal side of personal finance. And then the, uh, the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner framework, which is actually a test of putting all of those building blocks together and giving you this mother of all case studies to apply those different building blocks, those different tools in its entirety as a tool bag. And apologies for this analogy. I know it's a bit silly, but that's the best I can come up with right now. So, so, so that's how I, I discovered myself in financial planning. I built those technical building blocks first, and I then went to the personal side of personal finance through the Kinder Institute. And then finally, I said, I want to put all this together and learn how to apply all of this, the personal side of personal finance and the actual technicalities of personal finance into my clients' lives. And the CFP rounded that off for me really well. Amazing. And for listeners that don't or aren't aware of, of what the Kinder Institute is, are you all right just sharing your experience of it, what it entails? Yeah. So people that are thinking that sounds pretty cool. Uh, Absolutely. So what it what it's all about yeah absolutely so again there are many different advocates of financial life planning or uh lifestyle financial planning i mentioned paul armson earlier he has a program which is great at getting people to think about uh the personal side of personal finance as well um as i said in my life in my professional career this guy called joe jordan um his book is really really interesting it's quite a thin book but it's really powerful called living a life of significance that will give you an insight into what personal uh, or sorry financial life planning is for me it was going through the kinder institute registered life planner route which is is basically um in a nutshell uh a cfp himself a george kinder harvard graduate who for many many years has worked with financial planners 
to teach them how to listen. And I, and I could probably stop there and just say, that's what he does. That's what his program does. Now, let's expand on that just a bit further. Um, I think we all recognize that we can all get better at listening, right? We can get, and, and if, if we can just go back and be introspective. We probably didn't listen to our parents enough. We probably didn't listen to our teachers enough. Most certainly the blokes that will be listening to this probably don't listen to their wives well enough. It's just the way it is, right? It's just life and everything else and our own prejudgments and connotations get in the way. And we start thinking about maybe what we want to say or what we want to do rather than actually just listen for the purpose of listening, for the purpose of letting someone else speak. And that's what the Kinder Institute training does really well. It just takes you through a particular framework that allows you to be comfortable in sitting with the client and letting the client talk about things that are not any one person's area of expertise, because it can't be, because a client can talk about anything. And you can then bring that conversation back with the correct tools into why that's important to them and how we can get that into their financial plan so they can do it as quickly as possible. And, and quickly as possible isn't to rush it, but to really make it meaningful. If that quickly as possible is within a number of years, that's fine. But it's just that it becomes really meaningful and not a vague, abstract part of the client's conversation with you, but a real, true, concrete part of their financial plan. And I, and I really like that. And I guess uh, going through that program, I realized just how much I lacked that sort of training. So for me, it was super powerful to, to do that and combine that with the finance side of personal finance. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that we can all learn of um, listening more. Um, to what our clients say rather than just start to say oh, I've got all this great information that I'm going to just tell you about and yeah. actually if, is, is it applicable to them the exactly. old cliche saying have we got two ears one mouth um, yeah that's perfect Scott that really is and you know what what really helped me is and I know the majority of people will be just listening to this so bear with me but imagine the uh, relationship as it probably still is in some institutions in some uh, product providers in some banks maybe where you go into that institution that company because they've maybe given you a call and said, hey, you've got so much in your bank account. Why don't you come in for us to talk about some free advice or something like that? Right. And, and what you get is a relationship of subordination. And it's not on purpose, but it happens. The guy or the girl sits behind a table that is quite big and imposing. They're probably wearing a very strong suit and tie. There's this corporate messaging on the wall. And they're here to say, hey, Rob, hey, Scott, I'm giving you the opportunity to have a chat with me because I want to talk to you about my products, right? The balance of power there is all with this guy or girl. And it, it's even if subconsciously, even if not in a mean way, it's putting the client in a place of subordination. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm getting this chance. Gosh, I, I, better, I better see how I can fit into this opportunity that I've been given. Right? What we do, and I know you guys do this at First Wealth for sure, is we try to put our, ourselves at the same level as the client. In other words, the client knows about their life in a way that we will never know, right? And true, we know about structuring personal finances in a way that maybe the client, if they're not a qualified financial planner like us, perhaps will never know too. So we find ourselves as equals. They bring to the table their context. And then we bring to the table a financial plan that matches their life context to their money. That is a winning formula. And when the client feels like that, well, why is there any reason for them to want to work with someone else or, which is even worse, to actually believe some of these scams or some of these, you know, financial sort of noise that we see day to day through the telly, through papers, et cetera, et cetera, which means that they can actually focus on retirement. They can actually focus on learning the new hobby, 
doing that volunteering, helping out with the grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, spending more time with a significant other and all of that great stuff because they see us and they think, great, I bring to the table me and my life context. They bring to the table a financial plan that matches that life context to my resources, rock and roll. Love that. And what would you say to people who are perhaps listening to this, who are thinking, wow, this guy's incredibly passionate and is sharing some incredible insights and super helpful wisdom, but I'm still at a firm that doesn't do this thing called lifestyle financial planning. I'm selling product every day and I'm feeling like there's no sort of reward for my work or I don't have that feeling of actually helping people. I'm just here to hit numbers or, or sell product. What would you say to them if they're listening to this thinking they uh, they might want to change a, change a scene? Yeah, it, it's a difficult one, Rob, because um, I don't take for granted at all that we, the, the three of us on this call, don't do that, right? And we actually get to think about how we can help the client and, and we actually get to deliver that. And that's amazing. So I don't take that for granted at all. I know it's not the most common business model. Unfortunately, the most common business model is still a very sales driven model. So for folks listening to us and thinking, geez, I'd like some of that, I'd love to be able to one day feel like these three guys are feeling when they talk about what they do for their clients. Well, I think it starts off with controlling the controllables. And the controllables are to begin with, put yourself in a position where you can at least um, aspire to set up your own firm or join a firm that gets to give you the opportunity to do this with clients. So that 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 will cost you time and it will cost you money because going from a product-led financial advisor to a planning-led financial planner requires additional education, additional qualifications. Uh, and, and depending on where you are, what firm you are, they might not be up for uh, financing that for you. You might have to put your hands in your own pocket and, and pay for that out of your own expense. I think if you are in your late 20s, early 30s, whatever it is, and you're thinking, hey, I've got another 30 years in this profession and I really want to give it some and I really want to do what these guys are talking about in this call, what other financial planners have talked about in this series of, of conversations in the PFS Power podcast here, you know, that's route number one. Be introspective, be honest with yourself, maybe think about those holidays and those things you wanted to take minus the additional expenses you will incur to qualify yourself to actually get a seat on the table of the firms that are offering this. Now, if you decide to move from where you are to join another firm that delivers this, or if you decide to set up your own firm, or even if you decide to have a chat with the management team at your current company and say, hey, I've got this idea. I'd like to implement more of a financial planning led approach first. This is the qualification the qualification framework I plan to go through. Would you guys be you know, willing to share the cost with me or if I pass you pay, whatever it is, and you know, there's a business case here that could mean the company has longevity versus the thing that's being commoditized, which is A, B, and C leads to X, Y, and Z decision tree algorithm. There's a robot that eventually does that cheaper, quicker, and more consistently than you. So that's the first port of call. Now that leads to one of those three outcomes though. You know, either internally, you're able to structure a financial planning led team or whatever, either you need to set up on your own or you need to find a firm that does this already and those firms my firm your firm they're growing they're growing because clients once they get once they once they get in touch with a financial plan and work through a financial planning first framework they don't want to go back to just being told about a really cool product that happened to perform well last year they really yeah. don't so you know um just get yourself in a position where you have one of those three options and that includes 
I guess, starts off with, sorry, being introspective, seeing where you are today and what it takes to get from where you are today to being that planner that maybe not with all the experience, but at least with the know-how and the more importantly, the sort of self-funded know-how um, has has the ability to send CV outs, make contact through networking and put themselves in a position to eventually make that move. No, for sure, it's great advice as well. And you're obviously, as Rob said, you're clearly very passionate you clearly very motivated by the outcomes that you've delivered with clients. What what more do you think needs to be done so that more people adopt this approach? Or where would you like to see the profession go from here? Yeah, so I think it starts with the sort of stuff that um, I do through being the chairman of the Financial Planning Committee at the uh, Chartered Institute for Securities and Investments, the CISI, the sort of stuff that you guys are doing here through the PFS Power um, content. And when I mean you guys and, and me, I don't mean just me, I don't mean just you guys, the whole, I don't know, you know, there's an army of volunteers, as you guys know, and committees and, and everything else. But I think that's where it starts. I think all of us, and it's irrespective of which professional body you want to do this through, I I sort of think that's, um, that's an important detail, but it is a detail because it's either professional body or even local community thing that you want to do. Any of that is better than not doing anything at all. And I'm more passionate about that than about whatever badge is on the door, to be honest with you, right? I think we as financial planning professionals need to start um, showing, even if it's at a local community level, what financial planning actually is. And we need to do that through maybe education initiatives at local schools. Maybe we do that through the chambers of commerce to local small business owners. Uh, Maybe we do that through the different sort of financial planning weeks and things that allow the public to get a feel for what this is versus what they would get through a high street bank or whatever. I think it's down to us to start making those ripples. And I think if enough of us around different parts of the country make these tiny little ripples, that's when we can create that big wave. That's when people actually will say to their neighbors, their friends, their family, hey, you want to deal with Amir or with Scott and Rob because you'll really like what they do. They, they, they sort of build a plan with you first before making product recommendations. It's just the most wonderful thing. And you and I are thinking, geez, that's right. It's only when we say it out loud like that, that we realize it's, it should be the common approach. It shouldn't be a novelty, but it still is. So I, th- I think a lot of that is just down to us. Just get stuck in. Contact your professional body, whichever one it is, get the resources from them in terms of material they have for you know edu- uh, school fee- uh, school education uh, school age education or like community events whatever it is and then just with whatever resource you have just try to do a little bit in your local community and if a bunch of us are doing that i think that's when we start putting financial planning into the vocabulary into the culture uh, and i think we all benefit from that the client the financial planning led firms etc cetera, etc cetera. For sure. I love that collaborative approach and being able to give back to a profession that's given us so much and clients so much. I think that's such a good way of looking at it. Uh, you've obviously refined your skill over time and those tools in your proverbial tool bag are pretty sharp now, I imagine, with the work that you've consistently done and, and that sort of lifelong learning learning approach that you're taking. But but what's next for you, Amir? What what do you still want to achieve or, or, or what are you kind of working towards in your yeah. in your career now? Yeah. Well, look, I think as a firm, um, uh, you know, Holland, Holland Wills, we still have a, a long way to go. And we do because we just 100% embrace this mentality that we're not there yet. And I think our clients are the ultimate beneficiaries of that. They they know the work we do. Um, we love when our clients meet each other at sort of client uh, events that we run and get to talk about the service we deliver as well as about things that are just common interests between them. Um, and But they, they realize that we're always 
trying to be at the forefront of financial planning uh, wealth management in the UK. So that's why I take a, an active approach within the, the CISI through the Financial Planning Committee. Uh, I've been very honoured to be elected to the board of directors at the CISI to you know, be one of the representatives of financial planning within that professional body. And, and you know, that, that's a responsibility. That's not, it's, it's a, I feel that I feel honoured about it. And it might sound like it's a privilege from the outside, but from the inside, that's us wanting to take responsibility for this profession and then to feed back what we learn from other firms into our own proposition that services our clients. That's the approach we take. Um, so the what next for me is to keep doing that because I've got a tenure of three years on the board and on the financial planning committee as the chairman. And I want to do as much as I can to add value to the community, the professional community I represent through that. Um, I love getting a chance to be part of things like this, initiatives where, you know, maybe it's just something you say, Robert, or something you say, Scott, just triggers me to say someone else. And it's that one person who's listening to this at the right day. They go, geez, man, that that's cool. Let me get in touch with these guys. Let's see how I could move from where I am today until, you know, to, to this new side, this new chapter of my professional career. So I love being a small part of people's realization that financial planning is great. And that really should lead the conversation before we get to advice. Um, so it's, it's more of the same on that front. Uh, and and, and that, that's what I want to get busy with, because I think that helps the community when it's a, a representing and a giving out uh, approach. And it definitely benefits our company and benefits our clients, because through these conversations and others, I get to learn so much that I bring back into our proposition uh, and really filter that into, you know, that annual review meeting or that financial planning meeting where a client goes, oh, that's that's interesting that you're doing that now. You know, so that's really valuable to us too. No, awesome. We, I know we're all interested to see what you're going to do next anyway, Amir, as well. Um, the PFS power is all about, as Rob said earlier, sharing, collaborating, etc. Is there any one or anything that you would just like to give a special shout out to that's maybe helped you along your journey? So um, I can't think of any um, any one person that has helped out. I've been fortunate, Scott, that, um, you know, uh, I think if if I was sort of to boil this down into sort of you know, the day-to-day -day narrative that's out there a bit, thankfully, for whatever reason, I've never really paid attention to all the noise that might have said, you know, hey, Amir, you're not allowed in there. Or, hey, Amir, no, no, this is not for you. Or, you're not capable of that. Or, no way, with that name, you're not going to get to this place. But just for some reason, I just didn't pay attention to that. I paid attention to looking up to guys and girls who were a few miles ahead of me, maybe many miles ahead of me on that motorway of life or the career, the professional journey. And I was thinking, all right, so they're, they're a chartered financial planner. Like, wow, what does it take to become a chartered financial planner? I'd like to be like that guy or girl. Let me ask them. Oh, I need to contact the, the personal finance society. All right, well, let, let's, where do I start? All right, well, it's CF1. It's the first certificate. Okay, well, let's do that. And then progressively working through those challenges rather than focusing on the things that I could have argued the world or someone or whatever was saying negatively and trying to create a negative narrative for me. So my biggest tip is just ignore that negativity because we're just all our lives is just filled with it. So just ignore it. Like find the people you look up to for the reasons you look up to them to and then try to emulate that. And hey, don't be shy to pick up the phone or send them an email because at least in the financial planning profession, as far as I've found, people are really willing to share. Like, you know, warts and all, this is the journey. This is how hard it is. This is how much time I spent on it. But, you know, it is possible to be done. Just break this big 
gigantic goal down into small steps, progressively work through them and you'll get there. And when you mingle with people like that, you feel empowered because you start just putting aside all that narrative that might be out there and you're focusing on this new narrative, which is, hey, I'm going to control the things I can to become or to get closer to becoming this guy or this girl that I fancy becoming. And then just, you know, as you work through that, it's one of these things like, um, you know, back in the day, I used to play this you know, Super Nintendo and, you know, you used to get from that level one with Mario Brothers. Level two is a whole different ball game because level two, you might be able to move sideways and up and down instead of just sideways. You know, um, there might be sort of this new um, potion that makes you grow taller or whatever it is. And that wasn't available in level one. So every time you open that new door, you get to speak with different people. Different people give you more time in their diary for you to be able to learn how to get to the next level again. And I think that's so enriching. It's just so enriching. And isn't it just nicer to try to go through life with that narrative leading you rather than with all this negativity that's out there, frankly, to try to generate clicks and try to get us to sort of buy newspapers or buy products or whatever it is. So I know that's a bit vague and maybe even a bit fluffy, but it's true. That's just been my experience, Scott. So for me, um, Rob, just going back to a point we made earlier, you know, those focusing on the things I can control means I'm taking responsibility for my journey. What goes well, I partly take credit for. We all need still a bit of luck and, you know, fair winds and all of that. Um, but also the things that are going wrong, I'm also responsible for seeking out the help I need to try to get those things right and then going at it again. I think you're I mean this is you're just evidence that the growth mindset works right I think that's the point is that if you if you want more and you want to continually grow as a person as a professional and as you say refine those skills sharpen your tools the, it's out there you just need to go and have that growth mindset and work on it and 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 kind of yeah build build that skill and and I I think there's so many great nuggets in there Amir so thank you for for sharing that that with us um if it has started a fire in someone's belly that's listening or that someone whose interest is particularly peaked where where might they be able to get in touch with you where's best for them to connect yeah well look if they google amir roshalima they're going to find you know one guy <laughs> so uh, that, 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 i'm easily i'm easily findable uh, feel free to just email me or I, I hang out around twitter every now and then so you know send me a, a direct message on twitter or whatever but we'll, we'll end up just picking up the phone and just having a chat and if i can be of any help uh, as I said, through uh, the sort of professional qualification framework we talked about, just the mindset that it took me to sort of get from where I started to where I'm now. And by the way, I'm nowhere near the guy or the girl. In fact, there's guys and girls that I consistently look forward and look up to. And I'm trying to get myself to become a version of that. I'm nowhere near that yet. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. But what I do know is that every time I get a little closer, there's a bit of a fulfillment side of that. And then there's new things that I didn't even know existed that opened up to me. I'm like, wow, okay, well, let's now go for that. So like, have, we'll have a chat about it all. And, you know, hopefully um, we'll have the PFS conference in person next year, the big festival. And I would just urge young financial planners who are listening to us now, like even if you need to budget for it and pay it out of your own money, just do it, just do it. Because it's it's more than ever, because we get to speak to people through online forums and everything before we even met them in per meet them in person what a chance to just get in there and just meet network say hi interrupt conversation say i follow you on this or i read your blog about that or i saw your presentation about that and just get to know people it you wish that butterfly effect we just never know what the result of that is 
And in a personal finance society conference um, environment, I'd like to think, especially nowadays, it's fairly safe because you get to speak with people that are there because they want to speak with aspiring financial planners, with veteran financial planners and everybody in between. Amir, as always, it's an absolute pleasure speaking to you. There's so many valuable insights there and um, and and pearls of wisdom that I'm sure everyone is going to be able to take away. So thank you again for, 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 for giving up your time to speak to us. No worries, Scott. Thank you. And thanks, Rob. I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you.